And so my title of my lesson today is Changed by the World Changer. Changed by the World Changer. I want all of us in here to have world-changing moments. Before we can have world-changing moments, you have to be changed from within. You know, Jesus, he's concerned about the world-changing message that he wants to give to people, the message that he died for, but what he really is concerned about is the messenger, and the heart, and the character, and the condition of the messenger. And so we're going to walk through one, pa- one passage of scripture today. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And we're going to be staying here. It's going to be a little bit like a little quiet time, all right? But at the same time, there's going to be some preaching, amen? But we're going to walk through this passage together because I want us to walk away, change from within. Amen? So Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Sure. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let the nets down for a catch. Simon answered, Master, I've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is an amazing passage of Scripture, right? This is Peter interacting with Jesus. And the thing about this is that Jesus and Peter, this wasn't the first time Peter knew about Jesus. You know, if you read a chapter before, which we're going to look at a little later, we're going to look at the interaction that they had. But Peter already knew of Jesus, knew about his teachings. And so this isn't the first interaction. And you see, so, you know, Jesus comes up and he's like, you know, Peter, man, let me use your boat. You know, I want to use it to kind of as my pulpit for the night. You know, and so Peter's like, all right, well, you can use my boat. You know, ain't no problem. You know, and so Peter becomes the one in the crowd listening to the greatest speaker that ever lived on the face of the earth. And so he becomes one in the crowd. And the thing about it is, Jesus, he loves crowds, but he's really concerned about the individual. And so we're going to look at a clip here uh, on the screen to kind of illustrate what, what we're talking about. That was pretty funny, right? You know, Tom Cruise is like one of my favorite actors, and, you know, he's just so smooth, you know. And, but what's funny about that is that, you know, he got the cop cars going after him. I mean, he's in the helicopters going after him. And he's just, you know, he finds the crowd, and he just kind of wiggles in there and gets a hat and he kind of hides himself, right? And so the thing about it is Jesus loved crowds, right? He loves them. And he's concerned about the individual. But you know what is easy to do in the crowd? It's easy to hide, isn't it? It's easy to kind of hide in the crowd and not really see what Jesus is trying to do, right? 
Jesus is in the car, he's in the helicopter, you know, he's trying to fight. He's trying to get your attention, but it's easy to get lost in the crowd. You know, we can get caught up with the emotions and the fellowship and all those different things, but not have that moment with Jesus that we really need. You know, but I want to encourage you, don't get lost in the crowd. Don't just hide in the crowd. Don't take the one bus, the Z bus, the 25 bus. I'm still getting used to the buses. I don't even know if that was right. But don't, don't take all that just to get lost in the crowd. Enjoy the crowd and love it. Have fellowship. But you know what? Ask Jesus for that moment that you need. Ask Jesus for the moment to be changed from within. So let's continue here. You know, I appreciate Jesus a lot. You know, Jesus is he's just friendly. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he walks up to Peter, you know, and he literally asks Peter, Hey, can I you know, can I use your boat? Let me let me just use your boat real quick, you know? And so Jesus is friendly, you know, Mary taught him well. Um and so he's preaching, and so after he finishes preaching, what do you think happens to the crowd? You know, he's done preaching and the crowd just kinda you know, kinda Makes their way back, you know, I gotta go hang out with some friends, you know, I got some things to do and all those different things and and now it's like everyone's gone. You kinda of picture this, and it's just Jesus and Peter just sitting in the boat, right? And <laughs> and, and I could just imagine Peter just kinda of looking over at him like I mean, Jesus looking over at Peter like Hey man, let, let's let's just go a little deeper. How about we just let's go in a little deeper water here, you know? <laughs> And, you know, Peter is probably like, you know, man, I've been fishing all day. You know, I'm trying to get home to my wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Peter's like, all these different things. He probably feels exhausted. And then Jesus is just like, hey, man, let's, let's go a little deeper, right? And the thing about it is, in order to be changed from within, you have to leave the shallow waters. You got to be willing to go deep. You know, and, and what I mean by that is, a lot of people live in superficiality. Hey, bro, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, sis, how you doing? I'm doing great, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is this word fine in itself has been used as a mechanism against confrontation, right? Like this, this, this word is so loosely used that it covers what's really going on in your life. And the truth about Jesus is that he wants to break through that. He wants to take you into deep waters to really know what's going on. And the truth of the matter is, I, I hope you came here for the fellowship and everything, but I really hope you came because, you know what, I want Jesus to deal with me. I want Jesus to take me in the deeper water. I want him to know what's really going on in my heart. I want him to expose it so I can be the best and be changed from within. Shallow people who love shallow water don't change the world. It just can't happen. Shallowness does nothing. Verse, verse 5 well, I love this about, about Peter. In verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Right? Yeah, I'm, I love this about Peter. Uh, whether you love him or hate him, Peter keeps it real, man. <laughs> you know? Peter's like, he, ain't, he doesn't shy from expressing himself. You know, he's like, hey, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm like, you know. Like, bro, I've been, I've been out here all day, bro. I've been fishing, you know what I'm saying? This is what I do for a living. You know, I appreciate your input, Jesus, but, you know, how about you go to your mama's house, fix some chairs, fix some tables or something, because, look, I'm a fisherman and I got it. You know, Peter just keeps it real. He knows how to express himself, and that's something I appreciate a lot about him. And uh, just to share, 
uh, just to be open about my own life, I'm going to take this time to be vulnerable with you guys, but honestly, it is the grace of God that I'm up here today. It, it really is. When I look at my life and the things I've done, the fact that I'm up here speaking before you guys, I am, this is totally the grace of God. And, and, and I remember back in 2014 was the first time I got exposed to leadership. Right? And so I, got, I was part of an internship program uh, here in New York City. And, you know, most of my life I played football, you know, for nine years and was really, big thing about my spirit is I'm competitive. Right? <laughs> I was just real. I'm competitive, you know. I'm always looking for competition because it was so ingrained in me. Um, but I remember being part of this program, and obviously you learn that competition in the kingdom of God. <laughs> that is not uh, helpful whatsoever. And so I remember coming to internship, and now I came from the ministry I was at. I was kind of the only guy really doing things, right? And then you show up at this internship, and there's all these other guys, you know, fired up for God, you know. And, and it's like, all right, ooh, we got some competition now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so these guys, you know, they're being asked to do the welcome, lead a song. And I'm like, all right, I know they saw my name in the application. You know what I'm saying? So I know they're going to ask me to go up there at least share, say a prayer or something, you know. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing these guys, and you know, I'm just being critical, man. I'm just, you know, like, man, I could have did that song, but I could have hit that note way better. And I can't, you know, I can hit that note, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just critical and, you know, trying to, you know, sizing myself up in my own head. You know what I'm talking about? So... That was a huge part of my character, you know, and, and I, remembered, I remember hearing a message because for an internship, if you want to call someone out on that type of stuff, you do the lesson the first day of the internship. <laughs> so the first day of the internship, this one passage literally convicted me. <laughs> first Peter 5, uh, verse 5, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then he was literally talking about how, like, some of you here are probably critical. Some of you here are probably thinking, I wish I should be up there to do this. Some of you guys are probably not excited because you're the snack guy of Bible talk. Well, I mean, whatever it is. And we need the snacks, amen? That's what's going to bring the people to Bible talk, just saying. So, so you're valuable, amen? But, but the thing about it was, I was so humbled by that passage. This is like God is opposing me in my pride. I didn't even see it. I didn't even realize it. And what happened was, when I was convicted by that, one of the biggest truths happened to me from within. And the real issue was that I cared more about a position rather than my position before God. That's what I cared about more. And I was so convicted that I cared more about this position of being, having my name in lights rather than my humble position before God. And that convicted me for the rest of my life. Still to this day, even as I'm speaking to you guys, I pray for humility before I came on the stage. Because I, I, know, my, I know my sin. I know my character. And I've and, and I got to make sure I'm staying humble before God. Guys, we've got to be changed from within. Proverbs 28.13, and it helps with this as well. Proverbs 28.13 says, You will never succeed in life. This is the Good News translation. You will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Confess them and give them up. Then God will show mercy to you. Man, this shallow waters, not being open, and I knew I was being the way I was, not being open about it, it led down a bad path and and I ended up not seeing the ministry grow the way, I mean, that next semester was just, 
I mean, the semester beforehand was just not good. I mean, I, people, we studied the Bible with like over 50 people. Not one person even got past the sin study. You know, we didn't even look at halfway through our study series. We didn't even, like, nothing was happening. And I'm like, what's going on? And you know what? My pride had to be exposed. But when I finally encapsulated that and I got open, I got real with the brothers. I'm like, you know, you guys got to help me. I am critical by nature. I am prideful. I'm a prideful man. I need you guys' help. You know what happened? We had multiple baptisms the next semester. You know, God blessed my humility. And he really did some incredible things. As a matter of fact, today, one of the guys that I did meet that semester literally just got hired to be the campus minister in Syracuse, New York. <laughs> yeah, you can clap for that. His name is David. So it's incredible what God can do when you decide to leave the shallow waters. You know, where, where are you at today? Are you still in the shallow waters? Because if you're still there, you won't see the success that God wants to do in your life. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. And so when someone asks you how you're doing, just be real. Hey, look, this is, this is what I'm going through. You know, when people ask, how are your times with God? Be real. You know what? I'm, I, honestly, I haven't been reading daily. I, I, just, I just haven't read the Bible daily. You know, you know honestly, bro, I, sis, I, I haven't led someone to Christ in a long time. You know, that's, honestly, that's, I haven't done it in years. You know? Um... Because the truth is, what's the point of putting your best foot forward all the time? Like, <laughs> what, what, what good is it to put the best foot forward all the time, you know? And that was the thing with my competitiveness, is that when I was competitive, you don't want people to see your weaknesses, right? <laughs> this is a competition, right? And so it blinds us from really seeing what needs to be changed from within. And so we just got to be real. And you know what, what? Don't you appreciate people who are real? It's just like... It's like the love of God just goes into your heart and you're just like, come here, brother. You know, you just hug them and you assist and you just hug them and you're just like, you just have this compassion for them and you want to see them. You just see this openness that's amazing. And guys, let's, let's be open. It is a powerful thing. And we got to even see that from Peter's life. You could be changed from within. And I think another thing Peter really realized too was that he realized that his self-effort got him nowhere. You know, he, he, he's like, man, look, I've been fishing all day. I've caught nothing. And I tried, Jesus. I tried over and over again, and I'm powerless. We've got to realize that we're too powerless to change ourselves. We are. We need God. We need the grace of God. We need people in our lives. We need openness. You know, self-effort gets you no fish after a whole night of fishing. You know, self-effort gets us nowhere. So let's really let Jesus do that. So how do we do that? Luke chapter 5, verse 5 says, this, you got to love this about Peter. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. I don't know about you guys, but I love seeing everything before me. Before I make decisions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to see every, you know, just kind of like what Richard was saying, I want to see the receipts, you know? <laughs> Like, God, show me the receipts of this transaction of my faith. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but what's amazing about Peter is that he says, because you say so, I'm going to let down the nets. You don't also have to be real, real, but you also have to be real obedient. Right? Real obedient to the scriptures. You know, when I studied the Bible, this passage was read to me. And it was one of the hardest things for me to do. The fact that 
I got to do things even when I don't feel like doing them. Whoa, hold up. That's not what I was used to my whole life. You know what I'm saying? I do what I want, you know. And, and I remember we studied out sin and what that meant. And he was like, well, look what your life has led you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my decisions did not lead me to the life that I even dreamed of. You know, because everyone dreams for a great life, but only on their terms. That's only the way it works. But what Jesus is like, even when you obey, when you don't feel like obeying, you're going to get a net full of fish. Right? There, there's, there's, Jesus wants to bless your obedience. Right? And when people think about Christianity, it kind of becomes this thing where people look at it as just religious rules. Of just, hey, look, if you just do this and do that, and it, it just becomes this rule checkoff for a lot of people. But with Christianity, that is not what Christianity is like. What's amazing is that when you obey Jesus, he does incredible things in your life. Amen? <laughs> like he doesn't leave you hanging. What kind of God is that? That's not the God I serve. <laughs> we serve a God of, who wants to give, who wants to love us, who wants to encourage us. But we have to decide, because you say so, I'm going to let down the nets. Amen? So let's make decisions of imitating that, that example that Peter set for us. That we don't need proof. We don't need an explanation. We don't need, you know, any, anything else. You know, it might not seem easy, but it's what's right, and I'm still going to do it, you know. It's, it's that attitude, that heart of a disciple that I'm going to obey God no matter what because I believe that even though I might not get the reward in this time, I'm going to get it when I get to heaven. And that's what's going to matter most. So your obedience, you're just racking up the money in heaven, baby. That's what it is. Even if it, you can clap, Yes. And so Peter, we see that heart in Peter. We want to imitate that. Um, so let's continue reading here, verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Right? And anytime I read this passage, I kind of ask the person that, I actually ask someone, hey, what do you think this means? And usually the response is, you know, well, he saw the power of God and he was humble. Right? I mean, that's usually kind of, and, and I believe there's truth in that. But I want us to look back in Luke chapter 4 real quick. And I want us to get an insight on this, that something from studying the scriptures, I really believe that this is why Peter responded in the way that he did. So Luke chapter 4, verse 31. You don't have to turn too far there. And so, <laughs> and so Jesus is in a synagogue here. And we'll read 31 to, to 37. It says, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town of Galilee, and on the Sabbath day he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of them. Then the demon threw the man down before all and came, and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are with authority and power. He gives order to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. 
Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. We'll stop there. And so when you go back a chapter, we notice that Jesus is in the synagogue, right? And there's a demon-possessed man. Just imagine, like, in the middle of church service, there's this guy in the back, you know, just wilding out. And just, Jesus goes up and rebukes the demon out of the guy, right? That's, that's just crazy. I remember when I first read this, I was like, Lord, this is, wow. There's some, this some stuff that happened in the first century, man. If I was to see that today, whoo, I'd be crazy. But we see Jesus goes up and he rebukes the impure spirit out of the man. And then right after that, people are amazed, you know. And, and what happens is within that crowd, Simon was in that crowd. He saw the power of God. And then right after that, we see that Jesus, right after he did that, he goes to Simon's house and he heals his, his mother-in-law. And so, hold on, Simon already knew that Jesus had power. He saw it from the crowd. He saw that he had power already. And so, why, does, why didn't Peter say, Lord, I'm a sinful man then? Why is he now saying it in this moment? And I, I re, you know what? I really believe that when Peter saw the fishes in the boat, the amount of fish that he caught, I think, I think Peter thought, you know what? I'm rich. I think Peter saw the fish in the boat and he's like, wow. Just imagine, like, if you were a fisherman and you saw the most fish in your life right in front of you, I mean, I'd be thinking, man, I am rich. You know what? Peter and Jesus Fishing Company. That sounds like a good idea. I, I'm just saying, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. You know, he's probably thinking, man, I'm about to go home to the missus, you know. We can finally take that trip to DR. <laughs> we go to Puerto Rico. I mean, Peter's probably just thinking, like, man, I got all this money in front of me. But you know what he says? Lord, I am a sinful man. And you know why? You know why he said that? Because I believe, you know what, there were no more crowds. There were no more distractions. There was nothing else. It was just him and Jesus. And what Jesus wants to know is, do you want these fish or do you want me? That's what Jesus wants to know. He wants to get down in your heart. He wants to know, what is it that's competing with me? And Peter had the one moment where he had to make that decision. You know, what is competing with your commitment to God? What is it that the world is just putting in your face? Oh, that, that looks great. Oh, that's, that, that's a lot of money. Oh, wow. Those are some fine women over there. Let's be real. What is competing with your devotion to God? For Peter, it was the fish. And you know what? He decided, he realized, he finally in his heart saw, Lord, I was struggling because I wanted this more than you. But you know what? What's amazing about Peter is, if you read on, he says here, verse 11. Well, verse, uh, verse 10. So James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners, and Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Guys, here's the truth. When you decide to follow Jesus, 
He gives you a purpose better than you ever thought you would ever have. He says, you know what? If you, if you just obey me and follow me, I'm going to give you the greatest purpose in this world. And that's to make God known. And that is to come out fish for people. Don't worry about this old stuff you've been doing your whole life. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to be with you to fish for men and women to help worship, to, to bring to me to worship me so that one day they can be in heaven together forever. Isn't that a greater purpose? When you think about anything else in the world, everything else is temporary. Everything else is not going to matter at the end of this life. The only thing that's going to matter is, is you getting into heaven and who you bringing with you. That's, that's the only thing that's going to matter. And that's such a great purpose. You know, I'm so grateful for the people in my life that decided to obey this. Because the reason why we're all disciples today is because somebody obeyed this, right? Somebody decided, you know what, I don't feel like going to campus. I don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. But you know what, I'm going to do it because Jesus is my Lord. And look, you're here today because somebody decided I'm going to obey God no matter what. And so Peter's reaction, verse 11, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Peter, Peter decided that, man, my whole life, I thought I was living my purpose. And then he sees the God just really moving his heart. That, that, that he left the shallow waters, got deep with Jesus, and it changed his life forever. And you know what else Peter became? He started, God, he was used to start the church, which is, here we are today, <laughs> right? So Peter, because of his obedience, we're sitting in this room 2,000 years later. This, so guys, I want to encourage you. Let's leave the shallow waters. Let's get deep with the things in our hearts. Let's decide, you know what, even though there's so many things in the world that's trying to give me purpose, that this is the best purpose on earth, and that Jesus can use our lives to make an impact. Guys, let's go out and let's be changed from within so that we can then go and change the world. Amen. So we, so we want to thank